there, I'm Sarah, your natural endometriosis expert. Welcome to my podcast. This is the place to be for information, advice and tips on managing your endometriosis naturally. I've been managing my own endo now successfully for about 20 years and I've been running my own therapy business since 2008, helping others to do the same. If you're curious to cut through all the noise and rubbish that's out there and learn the key to managing endometriosis with minimal reliance on drugs and surgery, then this is the only podcast you'll need. Let's get started. Hello there. So in this episode, we are going to talk a little bit around cervical ectropion. Now, this is a delightful sounding condition, as everything we have to deal with is. Um, You may also hear it referred to as cervical erosion, which sounds way more scary than it actually is. But it's something that, again, is very, very prevalent, um, not just in women with endometriosis, but in women in general. And it's something bizarrely that I don't think we're really credited with, um, well, again, <laughs> similar with everything we have to deal with, but I don't think it's something that we're, we're really kind of proactively told about and we're not, ta- we're not, we're not um, told about even at um, appointments. So, casing example, I've had this for years. Um, it's only been mentioned to me proactively once, and that's when we went through IVF treatment um, a few years ago. Um, nobody else has ever actually told me that I have it, um, despite obviously going for regular smear tests, regular checkups, regular gynae appointments. Um, but looking back, now I understand what it is, now I know what the symptoms are. Looking back, I think I've probably had it for a long, long time. So it's something that we're not actively given information on. So I suspect that a lot of you listening to this podcast may well have this. Um, The symptoms are a bit of a giveaway. However, as with everything, it's very, very common, or some of them are very, very common. So they may just be put down to endometriosis, which is what I did for, for years. I just put the symptoms that I've been experiencing through this down to my endo. So primarily, the symptom that we get with um, cervical ectropion is pain, predominantly around the cervix. So essentially what's going on when we have this condition is that the tissue that's normally within the cervix starts to grow external to the cervix. So it grows on the entrance to the cervix. So again, it sounds very familiar, sounds pretty much the same as what we're dealing with with endometriosis and adenomyosis, but the tissue is different. So it's not endometrial type tissue. It doesn't respond in the same way that endometrial um, that the endometrial lining does. It, it doesn't shed at the time of your of your cycle. It doesn't sort of expand and and um, and act in that way, the same way that the endometriosis and adenomyosis does. However, it is uh, an external growth, it's an overgrowth, if you will, of cells that normally are sitting quite happily and doing their thing. So it is quite similar to endometriosis and adenomyosis in that respect. What essentially, the, or one of the main differences is, the it, it's a lot easier to diagnose than endo and adenomyosis because it's growing on the entrance to the cervix, so it's actually perfectly visible just in a routine examination. So when you go for your smear tests, when you go for your gynae appointments, they can actually see cervical erosion or cervical ectopion with with the the naked eye. So it's very, very obvious to anybody examining you whether you have this condition or not. So if you do think that that you may have it, please do ask when you go either for your normal checkups or there's nothing wrong with obviously making an additional checkup just to see. But you don't need you don't need any sort of surgical um, support to get that diagnosis. So yeah, essentially what happens is because these lesions 
um, are visible. They, they kind of show up as bright red areas. So it just looks, the area just looks really raw um, and quite sore. So it looks visibly quite sore as well. And it does cause a lot of pain. So if you, if you are somebody who has um, experiences a lot of pain during sex, if you experience a lot of pain inserting tampons, if, um, if smear tests are excruciating for you, then chances are you may have a little bit of this. So it's always worth asking. Now, there can be other causes for these things. It doesn't necessarily follow that you have cervical erosion or um, it sounds awful, doesn't it? Cervical erosion. It doesn't necessarily follow that you have that um, if you do struggle with pain, but it is always worth asking because it, it can bring a lot of um, a lot of relief just knowing that that's what's going on. There is an operation, a small operation you can have if your cervical ectopion is getting in the way of you living your life. It's a simple operation. Um, it just burns away. It's similar if you've if you've had abnormal smears in your smear test, it's a similar operation to that. They just burn away the, the, the lesions. Um, it's done under local anaesthetic. So there is an operation that you can have there. Um, generally, I suggest using pain management techniques to manage it. Um, so similar things to what we talk about in terms of endo sort of deep relaxation a bit of massage um, diet possibly looking at keeping hydrated all of these things can help with the symptoms um, and again like I say there is that that operation that you can have if it is really struggling you uh, if, if you are really struggling with it so as well as the pain, it can also lead to spotting because if you can imagine, you've kind of got raw tissue there. Um, the, the, the cell, the cell um, structure of the opening of the cervix, you're not seeing the normal protective layer there. You've, you've actually got some raw tissue there. So not only do you get pain, but you can have spotting, especially after sex or during or after sex. Um, Again, with tampons, although you might not notice with tampons if you're inserting tampons, but if you're still using them and you have this, then it can cause a bit of a bit of extra spotting, a bit of extra bleeding. And as well, discharge, it can really impact on the discharge that we have as well. So you can get heavier discharge. Um, it can be more coloured discharge and you can get blood within that discharge as well. And again, that does happen with endometriosis. So I do think that, that this diagnosis is missed a lot of the time because we just put it down to our endo symptoms, which is exactly what I did for a number of years. So, yes, if you thinking that if you are listening to me and you're thinking, oh, yeah, that sounds familiar. That's pretty much what I'm experiencing. I, I have painful sex all the time. Well, not, actually, I shouldn't say all the time because it isn't necessarily all the time. But if you do experience painful sex, if you do struggle to insert tampons, um, if you do struggle with spotting and, um, and smear tests and things like that cause you to spot and they cause pain, then it is worth looking at sort of speaking to your regular physicians rather uh, to see whether you have this. And like I say, even if you don't have the operation, um, just knowing that that's what it is can really, really help. So doing your relaxation techniques just to bring the muscles down. Now, some of the, the some of the things we talk about when we look at pain management and when I do my pain management courses and when I look at pain with with clients, a lot of that pain is a is in effect a trauma response. We are ready for the pain. So our bodies tense up in anticipation of the pain. Our natural reaction, pain is a messenger that something's wrong. So our natural reaction, if we feel pain, is to pull away. It's to protect ourselves. And that can be what happens. We get stuck in this cycle. So if you're experiencing pain, 
in the cervix, if you're doing any activity that's going to be exacerbating that pain, then our natural response is to protect the body from the pain. So doing things like relaxation, deep breathing, um, soft tissue release techniques, the massages and things, that's a really, really good way of just minimizing that pain or reducing the pain or stopping the pain before it starts. So do, don't give up. Don't think that because you have this condition that it's always going to hurt. There are ways that we can minimize that pain and get you back to, to normal. In inverted commas, you know, I don't like the word normal, but I've just used it. Um, so we can get you back to, to pain free or, 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 uh, or managing that pain that you're experiencing. It can also lead to things like vaginismus as well, or exacerbate things like vaginismus. And we'll, we'll talk about that um, in the next episode as well. Um, again, relaxation techniques are so, so important. So if you are struggling with painful sex, if you're in strugg struggling with inserting tampons, and if you are struggling with tampons, please do try um, period cups. People assume that just because you can't use tampons, you can't use cups. I haven't been able to use tampons for years. I don't have a problem with the period cup at all, the menstrual cup. Um, so do try the cups, even if you're struggling with with um, with tampons. They can make a difference. But yeah, if you're struggling with those symptoms, please do ask at your next smear test or ask at your next checkup, just to see whether you do have any of the, the surgical, the surgical, the cervical lesions um, just there on the entrance to the cervix because it might it might just reassure you and it might give you some understanding as to why you're getting these additional symptoms. Then once you know, you can do something about it. I hope this helps. Take care. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you liked what you heard, then please hit the subscribe button and make sure you don't miss any future episodes. You can also leave a review too to help spread the word to managing endometriosis naturally to as many people as possible. That is my mission. And if this podcast has inspired you to take the next step to managing your own endometriosis successfully, then please head over to my website, naturalendometriosisexpert.com to see different ways of working with me to bring that dream of living without endometriosis one step closer. Or for less than the price of a posh coffee a month, you can also become a patron to this podcast and get access to a load more endometriosis resources, as well as my monthly endometriosis clinic question and answer session. See you next time.